So, welcome to episode 22 of the Black in Fashion podcast. So glad to be on right now. When I tell you, I'm long-winded, I'm tired. I brought that for you, just so you know. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. She's such a good host, you guys. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> so today, my guest is Naomi. She is a social media curator, fashion entrepreneur, and women's empowerment advocate. A first-generation Nigerian-American is the founder of the creator the founder and creator of the Street Fashion Week and Street University Project. Street Fashion Week is a biannual production held in accordance with New York and LA's Fashion Weeks. It's aimed to propel and reinvigorate the conversation on the emerging designer's talent in the field commonly known as urban or street fashion. Street Fashion Week offers a voice to emerging streetwear brands and also connects designers with showrooms. The Street University Project hosts regular master's classes taught by real life fashion professionals that equips designers with the full support and knowledge of how to run their fashion business. So let's support this young queen as she continues her journey of making Street Fashion Week, the ultimate discovery for emerging designer brands. So, Naomi, tell me. Actually, no, we're not going to jump in. I like to do, like, my little um, this or that. Okay. <laughs> so, it's like a little game, and I, you know, I want to say one thing, and you just got to say which one you prefer, like, over the other one, okay? Okay. So, dusters or blazers? Oh, wait, what was the first one? Dusters or blazers? You know, I don't know what dusters are, and that's sad. It's like a longer blazer. Oh. But like yeah. a little bit more lightweight, like a lot of times they're like um, like chiffons or like silks and stuff like that. Got you. I would go with blazers. Blazers, okay. Yeah, Shorts super classic. Pants. And, uh, pants. Pants, okay. Mm -hmm. Skirts or dresses? Um, Definitely dresses. I'm like a dress girl. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, mules are... Six inch heels. <laughs> Are you a uh, heel girl or a mule girl? What is a mule? You don't know what a mule is? I don't. It's like a sling back, like the ones you just like slide your foot right into. Oh. Uh, usually op open toe or closed toe. Yeah, no, I would go with like full on shoes. The okay. higher, the better. Yeah, mule's like a, more like a summer trend. Like you would, like, okay. wear them like in the summer and like in the spring and stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. Eyebrows or lashes? If you had to pick oh, one, yeah, I would no. go with eyebrows. Always, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, I have two, like, three segments, like, in between. So, the first segment is like, it's called "It's a Look" segment. Okay. So, I want you to tell me about somebody in the like media or on TV or Instagram anywhere that you felt like did like an amazing job, like with the way they dressed this week, or they had like a really look that like really inspired you and that you liked. Yeah, um, this week is kind of tough because there were so many events and the celebrities definitely came out. Mm -hmm. But my best dress would definitely be Blue Ivy. Um, okay. <laughs> at the Wearable Art Gala because she, I, I think she's so cute, it's so beautiful watching her grow up and. She's like a little queen, a little queen bee. Um, a little blue ivy. Yeah, she had on uh, like an African inspired because the event was to celebrate Lion King. Mm -hmm. And it's an annual um, art event that Beyonce's mom does. So she she really killed it. Nice, nice. Yeah. I actually, I haven't seen it. I, have to go haven't, I haven't seen it, so I have to go and actually like take uh -huh. a look at it. Do you want some Ciroc? <laughs> I should. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm like, do you want some Ciroc? We like to make sure we let loose here. Nice. <laughs> but the way the conversation just flows and we have a really good day. It's Sunday fun day. 
And I'm off tomorrow, so. Are you? Mm-hmm. Why? You uh, a it's holiday? a Jewish holiday, and I work for a Jewish company. Gotcha. So I, ha- I mean, I have a like a day full of stuff that I need to do personally, mm-hmm. but I'm just happy that I don't have to get up like super early and like go to work, so, That's so I can fun. have some drinks. So we're gonna jump right in after you pour your Ciroc. <laughs> so what was the like the fuel, the series of events, and or like inspiration that led you to create um, the Street Fashion Week and the Street University Project? Um, Street Fashion Week began as a passion project because I, you know, had a background working in production and fashion show production. I worked for a few companies out in LA, and I just felt that although, you know, streetwear was becoming trendy, there wasn't anything that was rendering a voice to Mm -hmm. streetwear designers. So I created the platform just as a celebratory thing to um, to celebrate the designers that are doing their thing for the year. And then simultaneously, the Street University Project came about organically because the more I got to know a lot of designers, the more I realized that there is an education gap. Like these designers are really amazing and talented, but they're not being given the proper opportunity to benefit from the opportunities that is available to them because they're they're missing a few basic information. So I collaborated with some of my, some of the people in my network, some fashion professionals in my network that are willing to share their knowledge with our audience of um, emerging streetwear talent. So, yeah. Nice. Okay. So what would you say is like um, your biggest struggle like when you first started out? Um, When I first started out, I mean, with anything, I would definitely say money, of course, but that's the everlasting struggle with every (laughs) entrepreneur at every phase of your career. You know, you're always needing to fundraise. Mm -hmm. But the second challenge would be to get people to pay attention, you know, and by that, I mean, fashion industry professionals like right away. We all we almost instantly built a community of people. That's what made me keep going in moments where things get hard, that's what continues to keep me going is the fact that people are responsive and they see, you know, they appreciate the fact that someone's working to give them a voice. But um, as far as fashion industry professionals, see with streetwear designers, a lot of them don't have a lot of funding. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, there's like an education gap. So a lot of fashion industry professionals didn't really want to touch it. If you don't have the money, they feel like, Go find the money and then call me. You know, I was willing to get in the trenches and kind of build something from the ground up. To really, really help people get to, like, their dreams and goals. Because, of course, they're not going to have the money, like, first starting out. Exactly. Do you find that it's very difficult um, for designers to get funding, like, if, I guess, I thought they had, like, fresh out of college or something they're just doing? Like, they really don't have, like, the credit to get, like, small business loans yeah. and business loans. So do you have any suggestions for, like, getting funding? Um, I would say, you know, like you mentioned, credit is, you know, in this country, this country is one of the few countries that gives you the opportunity to get funding outside of money that you have or outside of um, assets. Mm -hmm. So I say build your credit. Your credit is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And then second of all is to strengthen, huh, my hair, right? Yeah, Yeah, I was looking at that. There you go. She's fixing my hair, guys. Thank you, girl. Yeah, like the second thing is to strengthen your business model, right? Because money is out there. 
you know, in the beginning it is a little bit difficult, but once you get your credit in line, the money's out there, but it's about what are you gonna do with the money once you get it? Do you have a real business plan in place? Do you have a plan for how to sustain cash flow, not just get a bunch of money and spend it on whether you do a pop-up or whether you open a store and then you run out? How are you going to make that money work for you long-term and how you know, how long is it going to take you to pay that money back? Gotcha. Question, can you hear yourself? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I can't hear you. Really? No. Oh, man. Hold on. No, I think it's something with mine. Okay. One second. Hello? Wait. No, I can't. Can you hear me? Yeah. You can hear me? Mm-hmm. Why the heck can't I hear Real you? Real clear, too. Okay. Well, maybe it's just on my end. That weird. That's weird. Okay. Do you want me to spin over so you can get in the camera more? Huh? Oh, no. Because I got this angle, too. Okay. So this is good. Gotcha. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Discrepancy. Technical Shit happens. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I can't hear anything. <laughs> okay. So what is, what is it hard? Was it hard to find and retain like dedicated team? Like that helps you hold, like that helps hold the same passion. Cause I know like, um, it's really hard to get, I ain't gonna say it's hard. It's sometimes difficult yeah. to have others that really, really have like the passion to want to help others. Like, cause a lot of yeah. times it's like every man for themselves. Like I had to figure it out on my own. So I'm not really interested mm-hmm. in like helping someone else. Like, so do you find that it was easy for you to get like a really nice team or not? Or do you ride solo I, often? I, in the beginning, I definitely rode solo and I was okay with it. I mean, while I did attract a few people, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a combination of them not being the most qualified people to take me to where I was trying to go. But it's also, you know, for me to take responsibility, I lacked a lot of um, management skills, mm-hmm. you know, because you can get a good team, but what does it take to keep that team motivated to um, maintain productivity? And to create a company culture where people want to stick with you as a leader, you know, you're visionary enough where people feel like you can take them to where you're describing yourself to want to be. So on my end, I needed to strengthen my management skills, but also simultaneously learn where to go to find the people that had the skills to help. Elevate that's a very the brand. Interesting point of view, mm-hmm. and that's like, but it's like right, like being able to keep. It's, I, I think it's sometimes it's very, very hard to keep people motivated, like within yeah. their positions and stuff like that. So, For and sure. that is like a representation of like how your management style is, because some people will leave or stay at their job depending upon that, like depending yeah. on how people treat them at work and if they're motivated. And it is your job as like the manager and like the spearhead of the entire vision to make sure that you're constantly, constantly like amping up your team and stuff like that, which I feel like is very lost it sometimes in like a lot of different companies for sure that's what's up would you say um what would you say is the hardest part about breaking into the fashion industry well for black Um, well i would say i guess for for black black. designers well for Um, over designers just i guess overall what do you feel like is the hardest part about like really getting in there um i would say of course like more opportunities i feel like more mentorship style programs while they're our internship and some incubators, I just feel like there aren't enough that's specifically targeting black and, you know, black professionals in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be the main thing. You know, I would say more mentorship, more incubators that specifically target, um, that want to see us win and then want to see us represent our point of view. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Do you really feel that? like being accepted is like necessary or do you think it's like okay just to like have like 
basically like community validation. Like, do you yeah. feel like we need to enter? No, yes, I'm saying we because I'm a black designer. So, no, I do you feel you. like black designers need to integrate the fashion industry, or should they just like create their own, like create their yeah. own opportunities, create like a black fashion industry, which I feel like is kind of like not said, but there definitely is one for sure. Yeah. But do you feel like that it does? They need to just they just need to accept us, or we just need to accept the fact that it's been so many years and we just gonna do this shit on our own. I mean, you already know what I'm gonna say. Like, <laughs> you know, I feel, I'm. it's twofold again for me. I'm very, like, there's a political side of me that feels like, no, enough is enough because we are a culture at the end of the day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything, unless it's somehow validated by us, although we don't realize the power that we have, we drive what's cool, what's trendy. Absolutely. You know, so if we can start to own that power, but the other end is like you can't change the game if you're not playing the game. And right now the game with regard to the funding, the money, the production houses are controlled by people that are not black. So we have to kind of go into that realm and learn, at least learn their systems um, in order to be able to create our own in an empowering way. But I think that. One, we need to continue to understand our power, continue to, where possible, uh, empower our counterparts, but also, you know, observe what is working and then do it better. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm one of those, uh, like, let's just do it ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't really need, like, validation from the fashion industry mm -hmm. like as long as we have like the people that are supporting us and the people that are buying from us mm -hmm. like and i feel like it's like a constant thing it's like the fashion industry is not accepting black people the fashion industry still has like zero and two sides for the models and stuff and it's just like well we can create our own yeah fashion but, industry, but you know you it's know? an endless like mental slavery type thing mm -hmm. not to go deep but no girl you know you can go deep yeah like it's an endless <laughs> mental slavery where we want to be accepted you know we mm. want to be on every you can apply that idea to everything but we want to be accepted but especially with the internet i mm -hmm. call they used to call the gun the great equalizer i don't even understand how that came about but to me i feel like the internet is the great equalizer you know because it creates opportunities where it wasn't before it connects you to real people people complain that they got 10 likes or whatever but those are 10 human beings nice. those are real people you know so if we can start to really appreciate that power that that gives us and i don't know how long it's going to be like this so for as long as the internet is free available like try to leverage it to get what you want gotcha and you're like a like a social media curator so like you know yeah. how to like create content and stuff like that. is that uh, offered in like one of the courses that yes you okay mm -hmm. that's dope mm -hmm. so yeah guys visit streetuniversityproject.com exactly my girl right here is going to be one of our instructors as i mentioned we're collaborating with real fashion industry professionals you know there's no one else that can help you launch your brand from idea to complete you know full collection right so you know that's what i try to do mm -hmm. <laughs> so i have a second segment it's called like success or disaster have you ever had any like a like a really great success story like that you don't remind, mind sharing um and like maybe something you learn for it, or you could share like a disaster story but also help you either become a better business owner or like work for different people that was like a lesson learned yeah um should, should, I should pick one or should I do both? We can do both. both? Mm -hmm. Okay, do so both. I can start with, um, 
a disaster story. God. I mean, working <laughs> in fashion, there's been a bunch, but I'm going to take it back to myself because I'm constantly trying to improve. But um, as I mentioned with Street Fashion Week, right away we attracted a large audience. And when I first moved to New York, I was in New York only a handful of months when I first started to, um, started doing the events. And I didn't have connections like that. So I got a venue. I paid a guy um, for the venue. Mm-hmm. He said he had the connection in Soho and everything. And I want to call him maybe 48 hours before the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it ended up being that it wasn't the case. He didn't book the venue. He took my money and disappeared. And I ended up having to come up with another location. And the location, we maybe had, let's call it maybe a 1,000 people mm-hmm. that RSVP'd. And the location I ended up getting could hold maybe... 400 <laughs> wow. maybe five yeah okay. i mean in my mind i always, i just kind of was like okay people are not all gonna come at the same time mm-hmm. and um they, they all they came all did. at the same yeah, time they all did so that was a terrible terrible time i mean it was so tough for me and i'm a cancer so emotionally it was so hard right. but again you, i never found that guy yeah, huh never found that guy never, never found, found him. him i paid him through paypal so i tried to like Reverse. Go through that situation, but it didn't work out. Wow. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Well, karma's a bitch. You know? I believe so, it. And everything that's done in the dark always comes to light. But like, you don't do people like that. That's yeah. crazy. Okay. Um, and then as far as a positive, I would say just every day is a positive. I feel like every time I'm, because we all know when you have a goal. For mm-hmm. example, for me coming to New York, my first goal was do a successful event. And then it was like, okay, get some press partners. We want to get, you know, the point of the show is we want to get our designers as much press support and, um, you know, to get them the opportunity to be featured in stores too. So every time I get a new press clipping, um, I, you know, one in particular, I got a publicist reach out to me and she's like extremely credible in the industry and she was able to get me on the news um, she was able to get us on this company called Arise TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, those are wins for me. Um, okay. Dope, yeah. dope. All right. So how does a designer join Street Fashion Week? Um, or like the street universe? Well, let's break it up because they're two different entities. Mm-hmm. So for Street Fashion Week, um, are there like requirements? Like how does a designer um, become a part of like that production? Yeah, I mean, in the beginning, we kind of just will look at your collection if we feel like it is a full collection and we feel like you are the type of designer that could benefit because I could just take everybody, you know, I could just be like, yes, but if I genuinely feel like you're not going to benefit and you need to develop your business a little bit more, Mm -hmm. then I won't accept you. But um, now we raise the standards a little bit more because we have Street University. As I mentioned, we had to turn down a lot of people whose businesses weren't ready so now uh, you are required to take at least two courses on the street university platform Mm -hmm. unless your business is earning a specific amount um a year okay yeah well that's very nice because then it pushes people to not just want to pop out there just for show but to really really learn like the back end of the business and really like know what you're doing and how it's going to be beneficial to you and learning your craft and all honesty and like every aspect Oh, I like that. So yeah, because like a, a lot of designers, they do the shows for their ego, and it's fun, yes. you know, to feel like you're doing something. But we want people who genuinely, because our long-term goal, I mean, one of it, we have a few, but our long-term goal is to get 
a streetwear designer that came from the street fashion week community um, that is able to build a sustainable business because although streetwear is popular you don't hear of a streetwear brand that can stand beside Ralph Lauren. Right. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're kind of trendy. The business is coming and going. We want to start Keep to... Keep them going. Right. Exactly. Like, and be in business for 20, 30 plus years. Yeah. Like, pass down. Like, pass it down to your family and stuff like that. Exactly. Gotcha. So, is there, like, an application process? Or, like, is like when it comes out, you guys promote it, and then people just start reaching out? Yeah. Uh, you can go to our Instagram. And in our Instagram, our Instagram is Street Fashion Week with an underscore. There's a Street Fashion Week, um, but you need to go to one street fashion week with an underscore it has a blue logo i'll make sure i put that in the show notes okay (laughs) and in the bio of our instagram you can fill out a form that form helps us get to know you as a brand it'll ask you things like what's your website what are some of your short-term goals long-term goals you know things like that yeah we'll be in touch do they have to pay for the production of course yeah does is like a payment arrangement that's like set up so that they can get to because I'm pretty sure it's expensive because I get like those emails from like different um, yeah we're I mean we're actually the most affordable show in the city because again you know I'm trying to build this long term with the community but it does cost money right so we basically um, figure out the production cost for the season and then split it by the amount of designers that we plan to have okay the range is from like a thousand all the way if you need PR services done we outsource that so that money doesn't even go to us goes to a publicist mm. but it goes up to 25 25 um, yeah 2500 oh i was like you can go for oh, thousand to 25 no 2500 a if you need to pay it in increments, but again, we just want people that are credible and serious and are not going to string us along and in a week before the show be like, oh, I don't got the money. Because I've had to, on show day, walk up to designers like, you didn't finish paying, like, right. you're not going to be able to do it, like, you right. know? Like, so. and that's an uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversation, conversation for you. Yeah. Ooh. I know. So now, did you did you make it so like payments is due like that day? It's it's supposed okay. to be due two weeks before, but you know we're dealing with people, right? You're like they're gonna push to be it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, but that also like that also is like your business when people do things like that, and then put maybe put things on hold for you as well. Like oh, we can't even get this paid for it because we're still waiting on payments from this person and that person. Absolutely, and sometimes it's like I don't even mind putting it up. You know, but my main thing, the reason why I want to make sure they pay me is because to make sure that they are, they're not one of those designers that I'm going to spend money on buying an extra service for you and then you don't show up or you, you know, Absolutely. so just to show that commitment is why I demand you because people spend a thousand dollars on popping bottles at the club one weekend. Thanks. Like <laughs> we're offering you real credible, like as professional shows, professional models, like this is a real you know. investment in like in you and in your business. Exactly. But I don't think a lot of people always see it like that. Like, yeah. like they will go and do th- things that don't. Because I had to, I had to check myself on that. Like mm-hmm. as far as like the money I spend on certain things, even when it comes down to, like even getting my nails done. Yeah. Stuff, like mm-hmm. you gotta, you really want to <laughs> be able to do certain things. Like you definitely gotta make sacrifices, especially as a designer and. Um, 
when I had uh, Shaya on here, we were talking about that, like, mm-hmm. about having, like, that passion and mm-hmm. ha- being hungry and willing to, like, not do certain things in order to pay for the things that are actually going to be very, very beneficial for us, like, mm-hmm. in the end. So, yeah. I get that, but you got to check yourself first. <laughs> yeah, priorities and sacrifice. And then, like, for the Street University Project, that's, like... Um, is it like year round? Like people can just log on anytime and take a course, or does it have to meet like a certain like the course is available this day and this on day? You can say no, it. it's year round. Year um, okay. Monthly or once we launch, we are going to be doing monthly workshops. Okay. Um, so that'll be once a month where you get to actually meet the instructors, ask questions. You know. Nice. Um, yeah. And you'll be doing uh, both of these in New York and in LA. Yeah. Dope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how does like Street Fashion Week differ from like New York and like LA like Fashion Week? Um, the way it differs is simply, you know, basically what it sounds like. We cater specifically to streetwear, uh, streetwear designers and emerging talent within within that realm. Mm-hmm. But we do do the events in alignment with the, those global calendars. So oh. during New York Fashion Week is when Street Fashion Week takes place and vice versa for LA Fashion Week as oh, well. Oh, nice. Okay, mm-hmm. so that way they're always at the same time. So, uh, yeah. I don't know why I thought that they may have been like at different times in the year that you just like deem like, okay, this is going to be Street yeah. Fashion Week. So as we grow, it might change. Um, and people tell me to do it because it's like we're competing against all the events that are taking place. But the way I look at it is like people come from all over the world for New York Fashion Week and we want to be able to take advantage of that. Yeah. You know? And there are people, I mean, a lot of the events in New York Fashion Week are invite only, whereas like someone could probably fly here from a different city who didn't have an invite to like a big show yeah. and just be able to like attend one of your they shows come for sure. Us. Yeah, we're direct to consumer because we're trying to increase as many eyes as possible for our designers. Gotcha. Okay. So let's talk about um, like what people can like expect to learn and like gain from like joining like the street university so what um, are some of the courses that you guys kind of have like on the um i guess what was they called in school the syllabus yeah, <laughs> yeah what the are like, some of the course uh selections like as of right now as of right now we have um i have my friend edwina colego she works for um project trade show okay. and she's an expert at international business uh she knows everything about the trade show world so she's teaching a course on how to build a relationship with buyers nice. because for a designer you know you get to a point where you have all your samples you have all your product and while the internet as i mentioned gives you an opportunity to do the direct to consumer thing if you can get your products in the hands of buyers, that's where your money is. You know, that's gotcha. where you can change your life. Um, so we have that. We have um, me. I'm teaching a course on how to prepare for a fashion show because I, as I mentioned before, I know a lot of designers that they go through the process, but they don't really position themselves to best benefit from the situation. And then I know some of the designers that came at us correct and at the wrap of the show they've gone to another level. You know, mm-hmm. I want you to be able to absolutely benefit and take your business higher after being with us. And then we have you, of course, um, teaching how to, what are you going to focus on, fabric sourcing? or uh, It's going to be production management. Production so, like, management. Within that production management, like Phil, you will get a lot of, um, it'll start with fabric sourcing. It will actually, it'll start with development. Okay. Like when you do your sample development, like um, how to do like a like a line edit, then move into the pattern making stage, then move into the grading stage, and how to take those numbers from grading and translate that into bulk fabric, so you know exactly how much fabric to buy, opposed to like 
buying fabric and then you don't end up using it and stuff and then it will lead into like how to pick how many units and stuff like that that you should produce of each piece Mm -hmm. and how to negotiate costing for all of those different pieces and then at the end it'll be um, like a little whim on like quality control and insurance and then packaging and tagging and making sure you meet all the compliance when it comes to shipping to stores every retailer has a compliance manual and just like a prime example like Saks mm-hmm. let's say you did because Saks does do smaller designers here and there like mm-hmm. you just got to get it into the right hands they will not take your stuff if it's not on a black mat hanger you can't send your stuff to them folded up in a poly bag or in a exactly. plastic bag Things so it's like stuff that. like that, that and you'll yeah. go charge back and you won't get paid right. so I just want to teach the entire uh, like uh, like start to finish like when you develop it until it gets to the actual retailers hands just make sure that the entire process of that of that supply chain is completely in line yeah. yeah, And yeah. then I have um, And you see like all the information that you Are saying mm-hmm. a lot of these people that claim They're running businesses they don't know this yeah. And you're basically setting yourself Up to fail if you don't take the time out to learn You Absolutely. know um, And time will teach you don't get me wrong Over time as you make mistakes you learn You get your head you know you get your butt Whipped and you have to come back but Save yourself time learn First and then go in um, I have a couple other people, but we're starting off with 12 instructors. And then as we go, we're going to continue to add courses, but we are starting off with 12. I have That's a good. magazine owner teaching how to um, interact with press, how to get press for your um, clothing line. I have a designer teaching how to put together a full collection. Mm-hmm. Mickey Boom from Freeman by, uh, by Mickey. Oh, nice. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's teaching how to put together a collection. Like what's Dope. considered a collection, not a bunch of random pieces. So. Mm-hmm. Make it very cohesive. Make sure it actually tells like a story. A story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Okay. Yeah. So why do you feel like it's important to inspire and mentor black designers? And what's the biggest piece of advice that you can give? Um... Why do I feel like it's important to educate and inspire and mentor? I feel like it's the answer to a lot of our problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I can speak for myself firsthand. You can be as ambitious as you want to be in the world. But if you don't know, you don't know. True. You know, like we are uh, social creatures. Again, if you don't know, you don't know. So I just think there's so much work that's needed to do in this world and the people that the kids are coming up after us, they have the ability to solve all those problems. But if we don't equip them with the tools that we have, with the lessons that we've learned, then they're never going to make the changes that's possible for them. You know, they're going to they're growing up in a world that's way more competitive than one we came up in. I'm speaking like an old head. I'm no, you have to. Like I'm old. No. But, um, <laughs> you have to give as much information I mean? as like, possible. I feel like these kids are so smart. And But again, I didn't know. Growing up, I was passionate about fashion. But I didn't know what careers were possible for me until I got to know. Right. You know? So I just think we share, put out as much information as possible. Even if you think it's irrelevant, you'll be surprised whose life you're impacting. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah. Overshare. I'm one of those. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're all going to die. Like, we're not taking this information with us so empower the next generation with it gotcha so I wanted to ask you about when designers are approached like from colleges or like organizations that are asking them to be a part of a fashion show do you feel that that that's something that they should charge like a like if it's because I know a lot of 
back for me when I was when I first got here, I got reached out to by a lot of different colleges, and it was mm -hmm. like women's organizations or like yeah. they were doing something for charity and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So like I would do these shows, and I call myself at that time like, oh, I'm gonna do it for the picture qualities, mm -hmm. I'm gonna pictures. Or I guess I get my name out there. Mm -hmm. like, I think that's why I did it. But like now, when I look back on it and I analyze it, I was just like, well, these were students putting on these shows. Yeah. So it's not like they um, and student photographers. So it's not mm -hmm. like I probably would have got like really good images. And for most of them, I didn't get images at all. Wow. And then of course I wasn't getting paid to do these things as well. How would you, I guess, like advise a designer when it comes to people reaching out to them about doing shows, like what to, what questions to ask mm -hmm. or what, if they should be charging, what should they be charging or what should they be getting out the deal? So they're not like, I guess like wasting their time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I get what you mean. Like, I definitely understand the logic that eyes is eyes. I want to get my product out there. But every time you do a collection, even if it's free, every time you do a show, mm -hmm. it's still costing you money because that's your garments that's getting dirty. Mm -hmm. It might get ruined in the process. So depending on the organization, I would do my own homework on what they've done in the past. You know, maybe if you find someone that's been in their show, send them a DM and say, hey, how was your experience? To gauge whether or not it will be worth it for you. Mm -hmm. And I say ask them straight up, like, what's your budget? If you feel like it's an, or let's say it's a sister society or something where none of them work in fashion, mm -hmm. then, and you feel like you still want to do it for the, you know, for the eyes, um, ask them, do you have a budget? What's your budget? And if, you know, hopefully you'll be surprised the numbers they throw out. But if they say they don't, then you come up with a number that is at least it's going to cover your dry cleaning fees or something. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, your dry cleaning fees, your travel, depending on the location. Um, those are things to consider. But I will minimize the amount of shows I'm doing, you know, because you can get jaded after a while for doing a bunch of shows that are not resulting in po positive um, impact I on your business. How many would you suggest that a designer does in like a year's time? In a year, I don't think there's a need to do more than three. Okay. Yeah. If you pick the right ones, you shouldn't need to do more than three. Yeah. Okay. Now, another question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have to pick your brain. <laughs> so I'm putting this out there because I know a lot of people who have dealt with like different things like this and different conversations I've yeah. had with different designers. I did a fashion show. Have you ever heard of Fashion Sizzle and why? No. Okay, so there's an organization that puts on fashion shows. They mm -hmm. do it every spring and every fall. It's called Fashion Sizzle in New York. Mm -hmm. And I did this show, and it's actually the last collection I did, which was in the fall of 2016. I was one of the last, and this is a big production. They had professional models, yeah. all hired models, really nice space down on the, um, I think it was in Chelsea. Okay. It's really nice space. Nice. Now, my issue with this show was that my clothing was numbers, my brand was like number 16 or 17. And at the time, I didn't, first of all, I never knew that it was so many designers in one show. That's a lot. So by the time mm -hmm. um, my stuff went down the runway, first of all, I had been there all day because they required us to be here at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't need to be there all that time because, I mean, my stuff was ready and I didn't go to 16 and they had like intermission. So by the time my stuff actually went out on the runway, like the entire front row were like, they were like gone. Like people were tired. Like yeah. shows like what, two and a half, almost three hours long. So yeah. what would you like recommend? Like what is a, not even recommend, what is a, a normal amount of 
designers like for a show that that way like the crowd doesn't get tired or um doesn't get a party i feel like that's a good question to ask when doing a production too like well how many designers are going to be in this show yeah yeah um, I think, yeah, you definitely got to ask them for a schedule mm-hmm. ahead of time. And if you feel like the time that they're asking you to be there is to, you know, unless you guys didn't do a fitting before. Mm-hmm. If you guys no, didn't do did. a fitting, you did a fitting mm-hmm. already. Then there's absolutely no need for you to be there on an, an unnecessary amount of time. I would ask them for a schedule. I think because we do multiple designers, but what we do we break the shows like we have a morning show mm-hmm. and we have a night show and we do like four we did four during the day and another six and then if we need to do more we'll do another day because especially um, my fashion industry professionals that come out like they're on the clock when they come see your collection they need to get back to work right. you know so you can't just have them there all day at that point you know it's just people's mamas and cousins and you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> definitely even designers and this is another word to designers that be like my mom what like I respect your mom I understand but you can have a fashion show for your mom in her living room like we want to get you eyes of people that work in fashion in hopes that they're gonna you know be inspired by your work and want to collaborate with you so mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing I would ask them how many is going try to push yourself forward if you have no control about the amount of people and um and ask them for a schedule gotcha. and i time. never i never knew that coming through the door i was like oh, i never thought to ask like well how many other designs and then i want to say it may have happened to me like 16. four times it happened Whoa. to me like four times where um i just end up being last it's like oh we want to say they always hit me with that like oh i want to say the best for last and you're yeah. so nice some put people... you at the end and then every time i get to the end either the the venue is like your time Let's is go. running up like yeah that your period is over and then like my girls gotta walk super duper fast or you know um yeah or they're the crap is tired yeah anymore (laughs) yeah i mean typically like traditionally it is a big deal to be the opening designer or the closing designer but the problem like you mentioned is if it's too many designers there's nobody there to see your stuff so it doesn't matter that you were the most powerful designer who got to close the show Mm -hmm. so i would just be adamant and be like yo well let me open it if you believe that much let me open the show after that i did you know but i wasn't doing any shows after that (laughs) after that i'm like yeah anytime i do a fashion show i want to be the opening designer but it's like it almost like not even almost it turned me off when it came to shows and i was like next time i do a fashion show it's just gonna be my show my clothes it may be five to ten minutes to have all yeah, those models walk out and i just end up you know figuring out the cost and stuff like that by myself because i just was so i guess irritated and upset with like i'm like every fashion show i've done like i didn't get great pictures and the photographers that are you know the pictures they promised you the photographers at the end of the runway are not really capturing the garments mm-hmm. they're capturing them and they're walking and not catching them like right when they're at the end and mm-hmm. they're actually posing and i was just like yeah i'm done with this shit yeah. <laughs> like i don't want to do this anymore no yeah it's unfair to you and the models too because they can't use those pictures and a lot of times that's why they're doing it because mm-hmm. so. yeah and i feel like when you're Emerging and you're really trying. Everything is like TFP. Everything's like trade mm-hmm, for print. So mm-hmm. you're doing all this stuff, but it's still like a lot of your time and takes your time away from other things. I know I had called off work, you know, to finish all these pieces because I yeah. wasn't done yet. So it's just for this show that I mean, I wasn't getting paid for. I didn't pay them for it either. It I really was just like a little TFP kind of thing. Yeah, so. for sure. But it's still your time. Like still you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. To me, time is money. Sometimes, like I'd rather 
pay people than you know than to give them my time because time you can't get back. Exactly. I just um, started having to charge for my time. <laughs> I wasn't doing it before, but now I'm like, okay, I'm gonna need to start charging because it is it's like it's of the essence, and I have such a busy schedule now that it's like I have to charge yeah. like when I do like consultations and stuff. So, what are like your long term goals, and like where do you see the street fashion week like in the next ten years? Ooh, 10 years. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, my long-term goal is just to continue to strengthen what we have now mm-hmm. to just grow it bigger. I would love to do a show at, like, the Javis Center or, you know, one of these huge platforms and to continue to be, like, that authority when it comes to streetwear designers because even up until today, like... There are blogs, you know, there's high beats, there's some blogs, that's cool, but there's no design, I mean, there's no platform that genuinely wants to see these designers win. Mm-hmm. So I would love to start to align myself with other organizations whose mission is similar to ours, get some sponsors, you know, it doesn't make sense that we don't have like Sprite, Adidas, you know, one right. of these brands <laughs> that feed off of the culture, but then like support us. Like we're trying to give these designers at their early phase a voice, so help us out. But, um, yeah, continue to grow it. We would love to probably do some retail stuff. We're building our retail platform right now to try to give the designers more opportunities to sell their products. So they can shop online, like on the website? Shop online, but platform. also an in-person thing where the the concept is like a buy, buy sell, what, buy, borrow? Yeah, buy, borrow, sell. Buy, borrow, sell. Yeah, so oh, you like can, that. yeah. Okay. You, you buy can, stuff, then you can borrow. Oh, mm-hmm. nice, and swap stuff out. Have a, a rental. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of me and a couple other designers like we should do a collaborative shoot where it's like all these black designers and all of our looks so are just cool. style like differently but it was just it's so hard to get everyone together, together. And on the same page and yeah. I mean we would have to sit down multiple times to make sure like everything aligns like that there's not just like a whole bunch of clothes in a shoot but that yeah we're all black designers but this is our message but we're telling the same story yeah. within the message so try to plan it it's just Okay. I'll be and more it, than happy to help with that. Yeah, we because we wanted cool. to. We tried to do it for Black Fashion Month, like when you guys were doing the Fashion Five Hundred. Mm-hmm. Me and twelve other designers, we were trying to like figure it out, but we also was just trying to get it done by the end of April, since April was Black Fashion Month. Like yeah. We wanted to do this big photo shoot campaign, so I mean, of course, we missed it um, just sucks. because everything was just like, oh, I'm not available this day, and I can't do this, I can't do that. But it would That's be something hard. I want to like plan now and try for next year, and yeah. then you just like start getting like all these different images of like this dope concept of all these black designers like telling the same story but is mm-hmm. there a message you know so i think it's a dope concept and and don't limit yourself to black fashion month if you need to do it outside of that there's always a story to be told true and once you get a successful one now mm-hmm. then maybe you can plan another one to be released in april but i would do it in like march gotcha you that know? makes sense yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get on that. And I'm definitely gonna reach out to you to help I got me you. with that. So last segment before we close out is fashion inspo segment. Mm-hmm. So if there's any um, events that's coming up that you feel like people should attend, or maybe an exhibition to see, or yeah. something you're reading that you think is amazing that you could recommend. Yes. Um, so as far as events, I'm having an event on my birthday. Okay. Come turn up with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, we can turn it's, up. <laughs> right. It's a master class on June twenty seventh. Um the link 
is actually if you can please follow me on instagram and it's in my bio i'll put the link in the show in the show too. okay mm-hmm. so i'll send I'll you put it, i'll put all your instagram handles the links and all yeah that. Mm-hmm. but my friend um kiara renee she's really big journalist in la she's coming out here to put together the master class and then king ashley ann i don't know if you know her but she's an amazing amazing socialite like social media expert and she's um specifically helps businesses learn how to monetize social media so even if you have two thousand followers she'll create a real plan for how you can make that turn that into money okay three of us are collaborating to put together this master class so i need to figure that out there you go turn it into some money (laughs) yeah she can definitely help you okay and um so that's on june 27 please come through Next month, we haven't released the month yet, but we're doing a uh, masterclass for Street University project. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll send you the link to that, the registration link. Okay. And um, and then we're just preparing for September. You know, we're looking for sponsors as well as accepting designer submissions right now. Okay. Um, for September. Cool. So. Mm-hmm. There is a black on. Um, Spirit, what well, Black Spirit Wine Festival? Um, oh, it's yes. in DC. I went um, like two years ago, and mm-hmm. it's nothing but like black. It's a black owned vodka. It's a black owned whiskey. It's a wine. It's like it's a, a room full of black. When is that? That's um, last weekend in September in DC. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, but the all of their Instagram handles and their information is like on the page on, the, on their page. Cool. So, that could be someone like that you reach out to. Thank like you. we got all these black liquor brands. Like it would be dope to have these brands. That'd be awesome. The, the, and there's so many different ones, and a mm-hmm. lot of them don't have any visibility in New York because when I was asking, I'm like, what? Where can I get this from when I'm not in DC? Mm-hmm. And they was like, oh, you got to get it online, or we sell in Virginia. A lot yeah. of them were like a little bit lower than us. A lot of them sold in like Maryland, Virginia, Delaware. So it's like they're not that far. These brands are manufacturing and doing this stuff like right below us, but like mm-hmm. they have no visibility and like. Like New York and New Jersey, and I was just like, "There's opportunity there. Yeah, like, let's figure that out." Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, that's all for today, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Black and Fashion Podcast. Make sure you actually follow our YouTube series now that I'm trying. If I'm messing up on there, just She's write it in the comments. Fine, I'm like, girl. write it in the comments because I'm not used to being in front of the camera. So oh. this shit is new to me. So I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying my best with the YouTube thing, but I'm not great at it. Um, and you make sure you guys uh, send questions, anything you want to find out or you want to know. And we can definitely discuss it on the podcast without doubt. So, but in the meantime, stay black. Peace out. <laughs>